You a notary? No, we have two. They're both out. Have a seat. It won't be long. What do you have? A contract with an agent. He told me to get it notarized. Congratulations. You didn't sign it yet, did you? He said not to. Gotta be witnessed and stamped. That's right. Did you read it? What for? He's on the level. Who's the agent? Edward Shrimpton. Know him? Shrimpy? Yeah, I know him. You better read it, honey. I couldn't make heads or tails of it to tell you the truth. Let me see. You can't go around just signing things. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Look, right here. It says you agreed to give Shrimpy 25% of your earnings. So? That's highway robbery. The nerve of that guy. Why do you think agents are all called 10%ers? That's what the honest ones get. I'm not squawking if he takes a bigger cuss. He's got to earn his cross, don't he? Shrimpy's taking advantage of you. He won't respect you unless you negotiate a better deal. At least tell him to make it 20%. That's double what most agents get. You think so? I know so. When you make good, it'll get under your skin if he gets that much. Especially when the alarm bell rings for 5 a.m. and you think about him asleep in bed. Thanks. You're okay. I'll be back. Glad to help. Here's your sandwich. Did you remember my puzzle book? Yes, Ivy. You only asked me to get it ten times. What's in the sandwich? Chicken salad. Where's Terry and Fiona? A princess in Bel Air rang for a notary. Terry went over. Fiona's still with the Texans. You know they take all afternoon. Can't stand that place. Let me get in, do the work and leave. Sets my nerves on edge taking three hours for a job that shouldn't take an hour. How can you crab about being wined and dined on the clock? I don't want to be wine and dined on a job. Business and pleasure are two different things. I don't want to have highballs and a steak before I take dictation. I swear, those oilmen are half sloshed by five o'clock. Between the Texan twang and the whiskey tongue, I can barely make out what they say. How do they keep their business affairs in order? They think it's good manners to serve drinks and lunch before they make you take a letter. Better than fighting off a Romeo. Listen, I've been trying to finish the crossword in the paper. Are you any good with quotes? Ask Terry when she gets back. Isn't it a lovely afternoon? Where'd you go for lunch? Greg took me to the park. He bought hot dogs, but I couldn't eat. Sounds better than soggy chicken salad. Get your own lunch next time. Say, what's that around your neck? Isn't it gorgeous? Greg just gave it to me. Let me see. Oh, it's a darling hot shape locket, Kay. Are the stones real? Greg said they were. It was a big surprise. We've only had a few dates. Pretty fancy stuff. He's the one who came in last week? I took a letter. Then he asked me to go for a drink. Terry doesn't like us today, clients. Ah, baloney. Terry knows this is a good way to meet bachelors. Wasn't I just telling you to keep business and pleasure separate? That's your rule, not Terry's. Besides, what's wrong with taking the locket? It's not a highball and steak. It won't interfere with Kay's work. Beware a wolf with a jewelry box. Strings are always attached. Greg's not a wolf. No? What does he do here, Prince Charming? He's the manager at a beer garden. Bar managers are noted for their deep pockets. It could be stolen for all you know. 
Ah, lay off, will you, Margaret? Let Kay have her fun. Hey, girls. Okay, you can take this down. I can. Shoot. Yesterday's fire at Warner Brothers Studio destroyed 40 acres on the back lot. The fire started in one of the machine shops. Director Michael Curtiz spotted the smoke and raised the alarm. Assisted by 75 extras, the men courageously fought back the flames until support arrived from Los Angeles fire brigades. One life was lost in the blaze, along with hundreds of film reels from the Warners. First National, and Vitagraph Catalog. Repair costs are estimated at half a million dollars. Jack L. Warner himself has vowed to compensate the heroes. Did you get that, doll? Uh-huh. Keep going. Good girl. Next item. Falcon Lair, the Bel Air estate once home to Rudolph Valentino, is soon to become the permanent residence of Miss Cola Negri, former star of silent pictures. Engaged to the chic at the time of his death, Miss Negri has shipped her perfume collection, wardrobe, and furnishings from Europe. She plans to make a Hollywood comeback. Okay, I'll have the messenger take it over to Abe before he goes to print. Does Miss Negri have a picture lined up, Dolly? No idea. A little birdie told me that Luella was about to print the item on Polo's comeback. I wanted to beat her to it. Who gave you the tip? Like I said, a little birdie in a Western Union uniform who sings for five bucks a pop. Luella will get eaten with you. A letter. She'd do the same thing to me if given half a chance. Why don't you work for my desk at the Times? Seems like a needless expense to run space from Terry. Are you kidding? Working that bullpen with those gorillas? Cigar smoke ruining my coiffure? I like working with people who bathe and smell nice. You shouldn't let those mugs run you off. Your column sells papers. At least make the editor cover your expenses here. I intend to when my contract is up next month. The Los Angeles Times owes their best reporter a big, fat raise. Oh, good, Terry, you're back. How are things, ladies? Help me work this puzzle. I'm looking for a three-letter word to finish a quote. Aye, there's the blank. Mm, R-U-B, Rob. It's Shakespeare. Sounds more like Jimmy Cagney. Uh, from Hamlet's soliloquy, to sleep perchance to dream, I, there's the rub, he's contemplating whether he should off himself. Remind me why you take shorthand and stamp forms with a Seven Sisters diploma in your pocket? Because universities don't want ladies on a stage in a lecture hall. Eh, besides, I'm my own boss here. I dated a college boy once when I was teaching in Catherine Gibbs. Typed his papers for him. Margaret, she didn't. I'm shocked. What's wrong with that? I think it's sweet. Miss Hardboiled typed up her boyfriend's homework. Wonders never cease. That's how I got this way. He threw me over for some rich sorority princess or rat. What happened with the princess in Bel Air? The princess turned out to be none other than Barbara Hutton. The heiress? She's divorcing her husband, isn't she? Alexis? You know, the fake prince? That you can't print that, Dolly. Remember, this office doesn't exist to provide items for your column. Anyway, Miss Hutton wasn't filing for divorce, just putting some money in escrow, some real estate deal. Nah, I wasn't going to use it. At the rate Alex Medivani is going, spending Miss Hutton's fortune on polo ponies and race cars and champagne parties for starlets, their marriage isn't going to last the new year. 
And when Barbara files for divorce, it'll make Gloria Swanson's complaints against Michael Farmer look like a page from Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm. How'd Miss Hutton look? Like a child playing dress-up, lying in bed, propped up on silk pillows, wearing a diamond tiara and an ostrich feather dressing gown. Ugh, sounds like heaven. She looks sad and lonely to me. How can she be sure if a man loves her for herself or just her fortune? Well, from what I've heard, he forced Miss Hutton to marry him. How can a man force a woman into marriage? You mean a shotgun wedding? Alexis arranged it so a crowd walked in while he was busy seducing Barbara. She had to marry him to stop the scandal. Alexis might as well have fortune hunter tattooed in his forehead. Whole family's a pack of leeches. He fell for his glamour. In a top hat and black swallowtails, he'd be hard to resist. He's got something. Yeah, a case of the clap, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of cases, any word on Isabel Steele? Wire Services said she's been cleared of all charges. She's due for release. What a relief. I'm glad she caught a break. I thought her case was sunk after that baroness gave a 20-page testimony. Threaten a rich dame with jail time and she'll sing like a canary. Little wonder the Baroness didn't hang an assassination plot on Isabel. Anybody who's ever read a police confession could tell it was fiction. The Baroness told them just what they wanted to hear. But you wait. Pretending she knew so much about a suspected spy is going to get her in trouble later. I think you're right, Dolly. Makes it seem like the Baroness is up to her neck. How long has Isabel been there altogether? Four months. They picked her up in August. What was she doing over there anyway? Looking for trouble. Isabel's trying to make a living, same as we are. That story had legs. A gal who lived in Hollywood, goes to Berlin, runs around with aristocrats and film stars, and then ends up thrown in jail as a spy. Film stars? I must have missed that part. Brigitte Helm was picked up during a raid on one of the Baron's parties. Ugh, gives me chills. One day you're studying violin, writing a screenplay, and the next you're behind bars. But a white cross above the door marked out as a goner. Why did she go to Germany to write a screenplay when she lived right here in Hollywood? Kind of daffy, if you ask me. Isabel didn't decide to write a screenplay until she met the Baron over there. Keep up, why don't you? A dashing Polish nobleman who romances German ladies for military secrets. It would make a good picture. I could see Jack Barrymore in the lead, or Ronnie Coleman, or William Powell. But now she has a better story. Her own. I bet a dozen New York editors are fighting for the newspaper rights as we speak. For a story that good, reporters would swim across the Atlantic Ocean. Why don't you beat the New York boys, fly over, and get the story? I wouldn't be welcome. What's one more reporter? Don't be a dope, Kay. Why am I a dope? You know why Dolly can't go. Why? Because Germany has been busy making life intolerable for Jewish people. Don't you read the papers? I didn't know Dolly was Jewish. She doesn't look it. Get your head out of your backside, will you? I'm Jewish too. Is that a problem, Kay? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend. I guess it never occurred to me. I don't have anything against Jewish people, honest. You should read the papers, Bubala, and not just for the gossip and fashion pages. I know, I just don't have a head for politics. Must be nice to have that option. I really didn't mean any harm. But it's serious. 
Hitler makes us the scapegoat for Germany's problems. He's taken away our rights. We can't go to school. We can't own businesses. We can't work for the government or newspapers or the film industry. People are disappearing. And he's just getting started. I'm sorry, Dolly. I sound like a brat. I'll try harder to keep up with the news. Anybody got a bromo? Survived the Texans? Ridden hard and put away wet. Too many highballs. Can't you tell by my clover complexion? Were they well behaved? Perfect gentlemen, except for the three finger measures. What I won't endure for a thick steak. What's that around your neck, Kay? You're wearing dark sunglasses, have one foot in the office, have barely turned your head, but you spotted Kay's necklace. I'm hungover, not dead. It's reflecting the sun. Where'd you get it? Greg gave it to me at lunch. Cute locket. Beats a tuna sandwich. Here's a check from the Texans. This is the kind of day that makes me wish I still worked with horses. They race to a finish, not the bottom of whiskey bottle. Mr. Jackson should know better. A man his age carrying on that way. Today he might have been showing off for a young one. Lad still had cardboard crease marks on his shirt and the label sewn on the sleeve of his jacket. Relation of some kind? Maybe a nephew? No, they kept razzing him, the young one, saying how he was in the mailroom only yesterday. He had some big idea, cutting costs that saved the company a bundle. Gosh, doesn't that beat all? I could scream out a window. What have you got to kick about? It's an old story. On the ladder to success, men can start at the bottom and rise to the top. Oh, I can't count the number of men I knew who failed exams, never cracked a book, yet landed a good teaching job. In business, I'd wager half the new clients pick Terry Nolan out of the book because they think I'm Terence, not Teresa. You know, boys in the newsroom still ask me to make coffee. That's another reason I pay for office space here. Three years I worked for Mr. Stromberg in Metro. Time after time, a boy, all Adam's apples and knock knees would be promoted to some big department or have his own staff after a few months. Well, look no further than the head of production over there. Irving Thalberg started out as an office boy for Adolf Zucker. Said so in a magazine profile. Mr. Thalberg took lessons in stenography. He told me once, when he looked at my steno pad for notes after a meeting, I was shocked he could read shorthand. What's the big deal? Lots of men study shorthand. 15, 20 years ago, men studied it. Now they don't. I never had a man in my classes like Katie Gibbs. Point is, Kay, that Mr. Thalberg studied it as a stepping stone to learn the picture business. He didn't plan to work as a stenographer forever. I thought the Treasury Department was different. They said women were ideal job candidates because our hands were smaller, better for typing. I believed I'd get a fair shake in a government job. Had a chance at promotion, same as men. That wasn't the case? No, they figured they could pay women less. There wasn't any room to advance either. The steno pool was the limit. It's just like I said. A man can start at the bottom and climb to the top. A boy who pushes the mail cart can become company president. When I worked in Republic Studio, I did all the female stunts, and sometimes I put on a big hat and played one of the boys too. They never offered me a contract. I made the same way as the other extras, who didn't know how to fall off a horse or jump fences. I kept thinking I'd prove myself and get a contract. How many stuntmen had contracts? Let me put it this way. Any stuntman who made 28 pictures for a public would have been under contract, not taking home day wages. And when I broke my leg on the set, they didn't pay me a dime. It's strange, isn't it? What? 
On the back lot, he worked with the pretend cowboys. Now here in the office, you still work with make-believe cowboys. Good one, Terry. Don't make me laugh, though. I might throw up. Now, why don't you head home since you're worse for wear? Nolan Executive Stenographers, Ivy speaking. Yes, Mr. Walsh, Kay will be with you shortly. Yes, sir. You too. Goodbye. I'll walk out with you, Fiona. I better get going. Still working on his memoirs? Yep. Mr. Walsh dictates stories about his days as a bootlegger, though I suspect that's not his real name. We just got rid of Prohibition. Who wants to read about it? Gangster stories always sell. Some producer will grab it. Sure. Look, if they can't make the rum runners the heroes, they'll make it about the G-men. Mr. Walsh hasn't tried any funny business, has he? He rubbed my shoulders one time is all. Tell him no touching. Be firm or he'll try his luck again. Does that happen often? You know, men making passes? On the regular. Is it worse during the hotel appointments? With a bed in the room, I bet the idea crosses their minds. They don't need a bed in the room to think about sex. I once took dictation at the city morgue and the bereaved put his hand on my thigh. One time a client grabbed my breast while his wife dictated her last will and testament. At least a dozen times in a man's office, he's taken his willy out and begged me to do something about it. A hotshot producer once offered me $200 for my step-ins. I was nearly tempted. You know, they even joke about it in the pictures. You know, like Joan Crawford in Grand Hotel, when everyone assumes that the little stenographer is a lady of the evening. Or that scene in Footlight Parade, when Joan Vondell calls Claire Dodd a cheap stenographer, and as she kicks her out of the room, she says... As long as they've got sidewalks, you've got a job. Usually you can tell right away if you have trouble with a man. He thinks the office is an escort service in disguise and doesn't waste any time making a pass. Most of them cut it out once you say no, and then others... Mm. Like the time Kay came back with her dress ripped open to her waist? Try to be polite. To them, politeness is a green light. I bet it happens to nurses too. I'm going to the beauty salon after I finish with Mr. Walsh. I'll bring his check with me in the morning if that's okay. I don't want to be late for my dinner with Greg. Enjoy yourself. Is my baby got a rhythm? Tell me it's in hot rhythm. Is my baby out for no good? Mr. Moon, why does he wink at every star? In the park, in the dark, why do we park a car? What's an eight o'clock date for? Kay was mooning over the fella, but running away from him. I thought she had more sense. Kay's never missed a day of work, and she hasn't called. It's nearly four o'clock. So what's the scoop on the boyfriend? Came in last week. Kay took a letter. He's a manager at a beer garden. Let's see. Beer companies, beer distribution. Ah, here we are. Beer gardens. The Bowery, Burp Hollow Beer Parlor... Cindy and Dot's Cafe, Jimmy's Beer, Jordan's Buffet, Max's Lucky Spot, Dave Mayer's Tavern, Sunset Tavern, Zabrisk's. Any sound familiar? Mm, she didn't say where he worked. Here, give me the directory and I'll call the listings and ask for him. Anyone check his desk? Good idea. Maybe there's an address or a box of matches. 
Okay, lipstick, comb, pencils, compact, brush hanky, sanitary napkins, pan cream. Nothing that would help us find this great character. She has a box of business cards, but none with his name or the name of a beer garden. Hey, what about the notepad? It's blank. Yeah, I see that. How about the pencil trick? Just lightly shade a pencil over the sheet to see what she wrote on the top page. A reporter's trick? Honey, if you gave a chambermaid a couple of bucks, you could try it on a notepad next to the phone in a star's room. Got some juicy items that way. Okay. All right, hold it sideways. You know, like a piece of charcoal. And don't you put too much pressure on it, see? I see. There's something there. Okay, soap, tea, lemons, bread. A shopping list. Nice work, Matahari. Eh, it was worth a try. Any luck with the landlady? Kay came in at six last night, dressed for her date, then left an hour later. A nice woman, even unlocked Kay's door and let me have a look around. Mrs. Douglas said that Kay wore her white rabbit coat. It wasn't hanging in the closet, so I doubt she went home. Any family nearby? None. Foster kid from Philly. We've been trying to figure out where the boyfriend works. What about Kay's steno pad? Did she take it with her to see Mr. Walsh? It might have the letter she took for Greg. Kay didn't take it with her. She's just his typewriter, she said. He likes the sound of it as he talks. It revs him up like it does for Dolly. Hey, I don't apologize for being excited about getting the story. Here it is under the dictionary. Let's see. This is it. Let me transcribe her shorthand and see if it tells us anything about the mystery man. You know, shorthand seems like something a caveman carved into a rock thousands of years ago. I don't know how you girls have the patience to learn it. Yeah, shorthand only looks difficult. It's not hard to learn. You type with two fingers and don't know shorthand. How did you ever become a reporter, Dolly? Because I have an excellent memory. In school, I rebelled against secretarial skills. My mother always used to tell me that if you don't learn something, you won't ever have to do it. She meant housework, but I think the maxim fits. Here's the boyfriend's letter. Brothers, all are welcome. Cookout starts early. Burn dance at night. Turn down the road. Head left up the tree. Red house. Plan ahead. Meet cold ice. Big strudel, extra plates. Variety beers? I can promise fun. Guests leave Sunday. Greg Schmidt. What a drip. Doesn't sound like much of a party. I'd have to stop myself from correcting those sentence fragments. Variety beers? What on earth does he have against good grammar? He's good looking at least. No dice, ladies. I called every beer garden listed. None of them have a manager named Greg. Let me see. It seems like there's one spot missing from the directory. Oh, yeah. What about the Firestone Beer Garden? That's a nice spot and it wasn't listed. No, not the Firestone. I'm thinking of that place over on West Washington. What place? In the old Heidelberg building downtown. Kay wouldn't run around with that crowd. She probably doesn't know. You heard her yesterday. She doesn't follow politics. You two mind filling us in? What crowd? There's a beer garden in a building downtown nicknamed the Brown House. The Brown House, as in? Yeah, that place in Munich. 
where Hitler's office is located. You've got to be joking. Kay's a bit slow on the uptake, but she's not stupid. She wouldn't date one of those thugs. The Brown House is also the address for the Aryan bookstore. They have an office in the back for the Friends of New Germany. That's right. Friends of New Germany, a new face to sell Americans on the Fuhrer's agenda. Greg mentioned Strudel in the letter, and that means he works for Nazis? Let's find out. Hello, operator. Will you please connect me with the beer garden in the old Heidelberg building on West Washington? Yes, I'll hold. Hello, is this the beer garden? May I speak to your manager, Greg Schmidt? Oh, he's not in at the moment. No, no message. I'll try him later. Thank you. Now what? Call the police? The cops? If the boys in blue aren't with the KKK, they're with the silver shirts or the Nazis. Kate could be on the spree. She might be back tonight or tomorrow. We don't know that anything bad has happened to her. <sighs> Starting to look that way. Kay isn't the type for a spree. She falls for those romance stories, hook, line, and sinker. No, I don't see any harm in going into the beer garden and asking some questions. I'll join you. Nix, I'll go. Your picture's in the paper, Dolly. Someone might recognize you. I don't know. Something feels off about the letter. Seems a bit screwy. I'll say. It's written by a half-wit. You ready, Margaret? One sec. Gotta put some lipstick on. I feel like a peeled egg without it. Any man but Greg comes to the table, we'll give him the air. Okay, take a steno pad. Keep your eyes open and write down anything important. Hold down the fort. Let's get some strudel. Dear sir, I am writing you. Dear sir, I'm inviting you to inspect our new spring line. Stopped up in this part of mine. Yes, sir, let me put you wide. Dear sir, Stenographers is a Sassmouth Dames production, written and directed by Megan McGurk, starring Clara Higgins as Terry Nolan and the Jewel Dame, Jennifer O'Mara as Fiona Clark and the Client, Jean Sutton as Margaret O'Donnell, Olympia Kiriakou as Ivy Miller and the Waitress, M. Sean as Dolly DePeister and Cece Pine, Megan McGurk as Kay Carroll and Alice Lawson. Art design by Clara Higgins. Sound editing and special effects by Dan McCauley. <laughs>